0: My brother, my sister, be careful if you raise your voice against a man of God. Even if that man of God is wicked, sickness will come on you. If you speak against them, you would be cursed. That's the way we were taught. And so we grew up with a lot of fear, never to question the theology, the teaching, or even the lifestyle. They assume that these preachers are untouchable. If you touch servants of God, you will be judged severely that they're the lord's anointed and the bible says touch not the lord's anointed and by touch they understand that to mean you don't challenge their views don't mention people's names on your radio program and your tv program how's it going everyone welcome to alpha and omega tv you were just listening to the last one who was speaking the one who was yelling was actually benny Hinn. so yeah we do name call here so be aware Thank you for joining us here at Alpha and Omega TV. We broadcast live and on commentary regarding scripture, current events, testimonies, and teaching all for the glory of the one true God, Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Franco, and with me is here, is here. With me here
1: today is Brian. Good morning. Thank you for the intro. That is a very... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if this is the clip played, but did it say the, the mini gun, the, the Holy Spirit? Oh no, minigun? no, that's that's later
0: on down the road. <laughs> so a little bit of context about this. Now that you you mention it, um this is Benny Hinn, and they t- they did speak about the context of this clip because it was after, I believe, Pastor John MacArthur called him out, um, and I don't know if he did it by name, but he did it in a way that it was just like they're talking about Benny Hinn and so they called him out on it and uh, Benny Hinn's response was this touch not the Lord's anointed uh, and he's like don't mention your oh i probably called him out by name because he is saying like don't mention people's names on your radio station and John MacArthur was notorious at the time for the radio station that he had um, or grace to you and not only that but he later says in that in that same little i don't segment know if they, here? yeah i don't know if they call their stuff sermons or they call it preachings or what
1: whatever they, whatever they do
0: yeah yeah on that sunday or whatever motivational speech something but he was he was saying i wish i had a holy ghost machine gun so i could just blow his head off i was like okay <laughs> so we're definitely gonna get that sound soundbite now that we have this cool little uh Mixer that we purchased recently and it has little uh, beat pads for different sounds Thank yep. you. Thank you very much Yeah, so we're uh, we're
1: pretty excited about the new equipment the new setup. We're gonna and... have that. We're gonna have that little um, Segment there just press that button. Yeah, and the we'll holy ghost machine gun every time. We don't like somebody yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs>
0: just... I wish I had a holy ghost machine gun <laughs> blow, blow his head <laughs> So, thank you guys for joining us again, and today we're going to be talking about Touch Not the Lord's Anointed, and of course, we're still on our American Gospel Sessions, and this is Session 9, because we think it's important for those of you guys listening to learn from these things, because we used to be in places or in a place where a lot of these things were actual, actually reality for us so that's why we're kind of sensitive to this topic not in a way that we're sad about it but we're sensitive in a way that we're conscious that other people are in these situations and we want to be able to help in regards to anyone who is currently in this situation or that you would be able to see it even before you get into this kind of situation because if you guys go back to all, our american gospel sessions uh previously we do talk a lot about all the things that we kind of experience due to the wrong
1: view of, of scripture due to the wrong view of god due to interpreting the bible in your own personal like to, to cater to yourself yes so reading the bible in a non-exegetical way
0: which simply means Exegesis is simply that you're putting you're, you're looking at the context You're reading before and after You're looking who the intended audience is You're looking at the history You're looking at the customs at the time You're looking at the Greek and Hebrew uh, Depending on where you're at Old Testament, New Testament And you look at all these things And you put it all together That way you can get the proper message Because the Bible has one message And of course there's, set, there's a lot of teaching in there And the book is alive because it is the essence of Jesus, the the living word. But we want you guys to start seeing it as it is. So because of these things, just like Brian mentioned, there's a lot of deviations that happen and a lot of compromises that take place in today's church where a lot of the things are removed or there is in church structure that's biblical, like with elders. And that's why we talk about these things, because we think it's important for you to know, just in case if you're in a church that doesn't have a biblical structure, um, you'll be able to pray and ask the Lord if you are at the right place and you'll be able to start seeking maybe a more biblical church. So that is the goal of these sessions. It's, It's to talk about our experience with it. Not that that's a basis of why you should leave. But it's just so you can see maybe there are some similarities that you're noticing uh, from where we came from. And you're saying like, yeah, they, I've heard that. I've seen that. I've done that. You know." And then you can say, "You know, okay, maybe I have to really analyze if I am truly doing what God calls us to do biblically. And that's when you learn and that's when you grow and that's when you mature and that's when you're able to really uh, determine whether you're at the right place or not. So we're going to be talking about the dangers of the in the in biblical unbiblical structure and the view of some churches seeing the pastor or leader as the Lord's anointed. And this is um, if you want to read the story it's in 1 Samuel chapter 24. Just just in case uh, you guys haven't read the story um, God calls David and after he calls Saul because he calls Saul as the first king of Israel and he calls then david because saul is just disobeying god and he cannot confirm his his uh his legacy for his children to rule forever so he has to raise one who will and this is where david comes in david is raised by god for so that uh the kingdom that david has will one day have no end and we see that accomplishment and fulfillment through Jesus, because Jesus is the direct is a descendant of David himself, uh, through Mary. So, God promises there's going to be one who's going to come to rule, and His kingdom will have no end. And that's accomplished through Jesus. But David was a king at some point, and that was God's way of uh, honoring that promise to David that His kingdom would have no end. So, what we're seeing here is Saul is becoming jealous of David because David is one of his fiercest warriors. And David is just being raised by God constantly. As you read the story, um, you start seeing how David is having having just success after success after success. The people love David. And Saul doesn't like this because now it's kind of like they're, the people are removing their gaze from him and looking to David. And so in this story, what happens is that uh, Saul is pursuing, persecuting David. And then he finds himself in a cave. Uh, He has to relieve himself. And he goes into a cave. And David just so happens to be there. And David has the chance to kill Saul, right? Touching the Lord's anointed. Yeah, touching, uh, in this case, is referring to actually killing them. Okay, not touching as in questioning. Okay, not touching as in (laughs) challenging their theological views. Um, We're not talking about that kind of touching or or even a... Uh, criticizing did you want to say something
1: no yeah i was gonna say good good point that you're making because that's this is where exactly where um the first clip that we're listening to in the very beginning how um benny Hinn, right how he's saying don't touch the lord's anointed this is exactly what we're referring to that he's talking about killing not not again criticizing or or shining light or shining darkness if you will Mm -hmm. um throwing shade throwing shade yeah there you go <laughs> that's the <a> great word <laughs>
0: for all of you guys who use that word or maybe we're maybe that's an old word i don't know but, i don't keep up with.
1: <laughs> but going back it, it touching the lord's anointed is basically saying killing the lord's anointed so good yeah. good point that you made there
0: definitely and and we do see that when god sends the prophets what do people usually do they persecute them they kill them um, it's never a pleasant experience that the prophets are having, uh, especially like Jeremiah, where he was just saying like, hey, God is going to judge all, everyone and this whole thing is going to burn. And like, obviously, he didn't get good reviews, right? Like He wasn't one of those prophets uh, like we have today, uh, quote unquote prophets who go out and they're like, I'm getting a word of knowledge here there's somebody in the audience who has uh, a broken ankle and they've had (laughs) they've they've had this broken ankle since last year you were in a car accident and then they start mentioning a thing and and then a person's like, yeah, that's me. That's me, you know? And it's like, yeah, God wants to heal you today. Like this.
1: <laughs> so, and they use it in a, a general sense. Your back is hurting. Yeah,
0: yeah. And how many people, how many people's backs are not hurting?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you missed breakfast today or something. <laughs> You're really hungry
0: the- today because <laughs> you didn't have lunch. I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> that's
1: me. And you get easily yeah. angry, angry because you haven't eaten. That's me. Who does it, right? <laughs> Who does it?
0: So, um, anyways. Off topic. (laughs) No, no, it's it's kind of the same because, again, we're talking about uh, the Lord's anointed. And and some of these people who call themselves prophets uh, would say that they are the Lord's anointed. You know, so uh, back to the story of David. So we're in the cave. Saul has his turn. Saul has his turn. Saul has his back turned to David. And he's relieving himself. And David has the chance. To kill him and end this because again saul is persecuting david and it's most likely that he wants to kill him i mean he, he he tried to put him into into battle to get him killed but that didn't work so saul is really going after david and so he's relieving himself david comes behind him and just cuts a piece of his uh a cloak and then later on david reveals that what he did and he He says that he says that phrase like that. I would not touch the Lord's anointed, you know, that I that far be it from me that I would do such a thing. And so Saul then realizes that David had the chance to kill him, but didn't. And that's when kind of Saul backs Saul kind of backs off. And that's because the Lord promised David that he would deliver his enemies into his hands and it wasn't going to be something that he had to do himself. So again, when God promises something, you don't, you don't go ahead and just take it for yourself. Kind of like when he promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a a child. What does Sarah do? She's like, how am I going to have a child? I'm like 90 years old. How is that even going to work? And she, she laughed. And then later on the Lord came or actually before the Lord came, um, she told Abraham to take her servant and have a child with her. And that's where Ishmael came from. And that's one of Abraham's sons. But that wasn't the promised child that God had, because later on, the Lord visited them and he told Sarah that she was going to have a child. And he told Abraham, like, hey, I promised you a child with Sarah. And so later on, we see that Sarah does conceive and then gives birth to Isaac, which Isaac actually means the one who laughs because Sarah laughed when God told her that she was going to have a child so it's it's kind of funny it's like it's almost like god has a sense of humor uh, he, and he i think does. he does <laughs> i mean where do we get our sense of humor from so yeah he called isaac the one who laughs you know as a saying like oh now you're gonna forever remember when i promised you they laughed so um what was what was my point with that is they took that into their own hands to try to take to try to achieve God's promise but without God but God had a different plan and if you read um, why is this a problem because if you read what happens with Ishmael and Isaac um, Ishmael becomes kind of like Isaac's rival and there's never ending peace and and I've read in some places that this this battle is going on to this day between the Jews and i don't i don't know who uh ishmael's descendants are today but they have a constant issue with the jews so there's that um I'm so look
1: it up let we'll see if it's yeah
0: look it up I and so, i do
1: recall that as well
0: yeah and so he so this is what happens when we take the promise for ourselves and just you know do do what we want to do instead of waiting on god for him to answer What he promised he would do. So, this kind of thinking of touch not the Lord's anointed, often preachers will use this as a way to rule over the people and to strike fear into them. Okay? They will make the person believe the leader cannot be challenged, questioned, or exhorted. This is an unbiblical view of the church as there is an absence of checks and balances that can be provided by elders. So, a lot of the church. A lot of the church structures that we saw um i don't know if you remember this but we would go to different conferences and uh, they would always call the pastors up right uh to go so that they could pray for them or that they could you know recognize them right and the pastors never had elders the pastors had leaders under them and this this was in our circle okay we were charismatic at the time but it was always pastors and their leaders it wasn't pastors and their elders from the church but it was just leaders under them because we at the time were in a structure called g12 which i disagree with that movement now that i'm out of it Um, but it was just something of a pastor and his 12 and then their 12 get 12 i mean if you look at it it's a pyramid and it's a pyramid scheme that everyone gets 12 people under them and this is how you grow the church okay so we see right there there's a problem with that structure because there is no sense of checks and balances so what happens when the pastor fails or what happened when the pastor sins well the leaders are going to restore him but that's it but he stays in he stays in his position and a lot of these times these guys have such big ministries that they'll just cover up the whole thing They'll cover up anything that happened. Um, there was a scandal early on with actually Benny Hinn and Paula White, and there's there's a, a picture of them holding hands in this one place. No way. Yes. This, uh, this, yeah. This is <laughs> this is um. Can you look that up? Uh, Benny Hinn and Paula White holding hands. So I think they were. I don't know if they were at a conference or something, but they were far away out. And I believe that Benny Hinn and her were married at the time. Uh, not to each other, but to, obviously, their their spouses. And, uh, yeah, so they, they, they were photographed holding hands. I don't know where. Um, and I think they did a lot of PR to just kind of wipe that and just <laughs> sweep it under the rug.
1: Yeah, Paula White breaks silence on probes, divorce, Benny Hinn. This was in 2011, April... Mm-hmm. First, I believe. Uh, yeah, April 1st. April 1st. So, does it say where they were? Um, no, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Okay,
0: yeah, so, so this this happened, and, and when it's such biblical, not biblical, when it's such huge ministries like this, I mean, you got Benny Hinn, he was, I mean, he still is a big uh, name in the charismatic faith, and then you have Paula White, who Paula White you've seen with uh, Donald Trump in the White House, and You have these two big, uh, big people with big ministries and because there's no checks and balances, I mean, it wasn't like they were sat down. It wasn't like the elder stepped up and said, all right, you know, you need to, you need to get off the pulpit. You need to, we need to, uh, you know, perform church discipline. No, it wasn't like that at all. They continued it. And I think they got a PR firm to kind of just do away with it, which is what a lot of people do.
1: In August, Hin and White were photographed photographed by National Enquirer emerging mm-hmm. from a hotel in Rome holding hands. Hin's wife, Suzanne no no no, hold on. Hinn's wife Suzanne had filed a divorce a few months earlier. Hin and White denied publicly that they were anything more than friends. Mm-hmm. And this was over a lo- over a lawsuit too, on his book it says earlier.
0: There you go, so maybe he thought it was okay because his wife had filed divorce earlier but was he still married yes is this acceptable um for someone who is in a position of being a quote-unquote pastor obviously not um did you did you hear about what happened with matt chandler
1: Uh, No, you were talking to me about it, actually. Yeah,
0: I think this is a great example. And just for the record, we don't know the whole story with Matt Chandler. um, But it does does relate to this because I want to use this as an example of proper church structure and a proper response to what Matt Chandler was, uh, what they found. So uh, long story short, Matt Chandler was talking to a member of the church, to a woman... He w- they were DMing back and forth, and then one day the friend of this woman confronts uh, Matt Chandler and tells him that the relationship that they have back and forth, just DMing each other, is inappropriate. So Matt Chandler speaks to his wife. Matt Chandler speaks to the elders. He uh, he gives their his phone so that they could look through it, emails, etc. Uh, the church actually hires a firm outside the church to investigate it further that's cool and yeah so and they didn't find anything where he's being sexual or he's being uh like anything romantic going on between them but their concern was that they were often dming back and forth and there was no like cordial line of respect of like okay you know i'm uh you're my sister in christ and i know not to go past a certain point there wasn't that so they thought that was a concern and uh he's right now currently on on leave uh not he's gonna come back to the pulpit but right now he's gonna basically he's being sat down and they're gonna be working with him and uh, basically dealing with the sin issue that they saw Uh, again we don't have any i don't want to speculate of what it was it was just one of those things that uh, he obviously didn't see anything wrong with it but obviously there is something wrong with it because he's married she was married and i don't think you should have that much familiarity if you're a married person with someone you know it's different when you talk with a sister at the church and you guys are both married it's way different you're doing it in a public setting but dms they can go anyway you know text and dms they can really um because you nobody else sees them so i think that's a great example of why it's so important to have a system of elders and to, uh, to basically do church the way that god intended it biblically not the pastor and his leaders but pastor and elders which are in in other words they're also pastors in their own way because these are men who are apt to teach these are men who do not love wine do not love money have one wife their house is in order these are, these are the, the parameters that are that are set. Um, and I think this is in 1 Timothy chapter 3. These are the, the parameters that are set for the elder, for the man of God, and for the pastor as well. So very important to have these things. If your church doesn't have elders, and it's just a pastor and leader situation, uh, you might want to think... If your church is being biblical, and if you don't believe me again, go to the Bible, uh, read First Timothy chapter three, and look at the qualifications for an elder.
1: Oh yeah, an elder. There, there are qualifi- good thing about that. There <laughs> are qualifications for a pastor yes. and elders.
0: Yes, and I'm not saying they these things have to be met to a T, um, because obviously now we are in grace, um, but it's it's what Paul lays out that's important. For an overseer, a shepherd, pastor, elder. Okay? So uh look at it and just notice also that it says it's a man. Okay? So sorry, <laughs> feminists.
1: I, I'm sorry about God. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't have to point that out there. I'm, like, I'm waiting for the answer too. I'm like, what's he gonna
0: say? Yes, it's uh, it's a man, okay? Uh male, male, uh biological male that is to lead not because we are men and not because we think we're all that but simply because this is how the Lord ordained his church that's just why there's if you want to take it up with someone take it up with him okay so this kind of lord anointed the lord's anointed ideology has led many pastors and leaders cover up their sin and it doesn't allow for church discipline just like we were looking at with Benny Hinn Paula White and then the difference with uh, Matt Chandler and how he's getting church discipline. And he actually went public and said, Hey, I'm sorry, this is what I did. He, he was in front of his church and you can find that um, at the village.com or something like that. Um, you can see that video, but this is something to be dealt with within their church. You know, like everyone's weighing in on it. Everyone's speculating all these things but I think we should just be grateful that despite Matt Chandler being you can say like a celebrity pastor uh, he's doing the right thing and they're going about it in in a biblical way and that's encouraging because again you see the other side of the spectrum Um, you see Carl Lentz from Hillsong Uh, you see Brian Houston who's the one who made Hillsong uh, what it is today he stepped down also and you see all these guys and then they have scandals and the only reason <laughs> the only reason they found out is because because somebody else it wasn't their repentance it was just like hey it's out there like with carl lentz um he was having an extramarital affair he was oh, yeah, seeing they, this one w-
1: they were telling the church no did the, the the girl that he was talking to kind of brought it into light
0: yeah she she came out with it she came out with it talked about it she gave all the details and, uh, that's when Carl Lenz stepped down and uh, had to pu- publicly apologize to his wife and his kids. And this was going on for some time. So again, it's just, there is no checks and balances. You can say, well, yeah, Brian Houston corrected him and fired him, but that's it. Like he's, he's out of Hillsong and I, I, who knows what's going to happen. So that's where these, these situations where there's lack of elders and just leaders, um it's not good. It's it's not a good way to run the church. It's not a biblical view of the church. I think if I think if God told us how to do it, I think that is the best method. And I think that's something that a lot of people forget. So this kind of teaching is damaging to the church because it can lead people to worship man. And that's what we do not want. We are to love, honor and respect our elders and pastors but we are not to worship them because only God deserves our worship. And I'm all for loving and honoring and respecting um, our elders, our pastors. Uh, Now we're at a great church where, you know, I love these men who are the elders. I love our pastor. Um, I love them and honor them greatly. These are men that handle the word of God well. And for that, I am grateful. And that's one of the things I shared yesterday uh, as we prayed, we we go to this thing called family group, and we prayed at the end. And um, I'm just grateful for this ministry because it does have, it's got a biblical view of even how to be a church. And um, lastly, I want to end with a story that
1: this is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> that uh
0: that I uh, that a friend shared with me, a close friend. <laughs> um, so. There's this, there was a situation where he already was seeing things kind of going downhill with the church that he was attending, and then one time at a leadership meeting, they um, so the pastor at a leadership meeting was talking about everything that the church was going through, like the finances were scarce, uh, people were leaving the church, and he was basically trying to get control of the ship, kind of thing. That that was the kind of you know mood that day is what he describes and there was a point where the pastor says okay so now moving forward it's only going to be the faithful ones who are yeah the faithful you know what? to the I, pastor I
1: remember that and yeah. it's, i remember that clear as day because it felt like he was putting pressure on everybody and you felt the pressure in the room like oh my gosh this is so crazy. Okay, not that you mention it, just like Oh yeah, I'm, you, I'm you heard rem- the story too? I'm not I was there in the morning. Oh my god, hold on.
0: Oh you were there with him. Okay, okay. Yeah, so um
1: <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. This is Brian logging out.
0: <laughs> so so my friend describes it. And kind of like what Brian said, I don't know how Brian has that information, but I guess he was, I guess he was spiritually there or something. Um, So the the thing was, okay, we're going to tighten up. uh, Only the pastors, only the people who are closest to the pastor are going to remain in leadership. And I'm going to be checking devotionals. So these are the words that the pastor said, according to my friend. And... He said, I'm going to be checking devotionals. I'm going to be doing this. I'm going to be, uh, it's going to get to the point where I can go to your house, open up your fridge, prepare myself a sandwich. And I'm going to ask you, have you been tithing? Have you been doing your devotional? Um, and we're going to tighten this thing up it's going to be tightly knit and only the people who can handle it are going to be in leadership. And then he, he, he says, I want everybody to put their heads down and I want you to raise your hand if you're with me. And if you're not keep your hand down. That way you will no longer be in leadership. So my friend says that everyone put their head down and everyone raised their hand except him. And so the pastor continued and then everyone, you know, obviously they put their heads back up. He resumed the meeting and then he called my friend upstairs and told him, hey, what's going on? Like, well, what do you mean? Are you are you not on board? And my friend just explained that he couldn't be on board with that kind of attitude and that kind of uh, way that he was handling himself. And he had already seen some things wrong before that he had told him. And this was just kind of like the final straw. This was, this was, this was it. This was He was done. So he told him, you know what? I don't want to be a part of this. Um, I'd rather not be a leader if this is how things are going to be run. And he just told him, um, my commitment isn't with you. My commitment is with God. So if you want to take away my leadership, that's perfectly fine. Um, but I, I cannot agree with this and I cannot uh, sit under this kind of leadership. And that's when he told him that he was out. And so what do we understand from the story? Well, this is the kind of things that happen and it becomes almost authoritative,
1: you know? It, it basically is um i was uh i think i remember this okay I, I remember this day i'm not gonna be be hiding it but this was during a, a, a how you're saying a leadership kind of conference thing or meeting and it's at, at his house and i was downstairs his, his friend went upstairs and i, and I remember this I so it's so crazy and then yeah i don't know the pressure in the room was something else but you yes put, But you feel like how he wants everything in control and like how you said, it's authoritative and it's, it's, it's a beautiful example, not a beautiful example, but like a great example of how when you try to take control of God's people, it's not going to go well. And of course the church now, it's not even a church anymore. It's just gone. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm not even sure how, how slowly it died. But it, it happened, like, within a few... Shortly after
0: we left, huh? And we're not saying that we were the reason why uh, the the church stopped or anything. But it did happen maybe, like, a year or two after. It was just dissolved.
1: Yeah. I, perfect word, is just dissolved. And going back to how you were saying how the pastor was um, looking at people's devotionals, making sure they're tithing, making sure they're not... They're, they're, it's like, that wouldn't have to be in place if he was teaching scripture correctly. Because we would desired scripture for for itself. And he, he was kind of like pressuring people to do what he wanted to do. So then this also came with tithing. He, if, <laughs> it's so funny because whoever was not tithing kind of called him out on it. And then <laughs> it's just like, what the heck?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, my buddy talks about it. And he says that it was, if you stopped tithing you would quickly you would re, you would be sat down at some point when when they realized it and when you picked it back up again then you'd start getting added more things like yeah well, you can be the leader, you know so it's
1: i think buying yourself
0: yeah you're you're buying your position <laughs> which again i'm sure that in in the minds of these people that's not what they're doing okay because a lot of people have good intentions and all that but that doesn't mean that they're biblical so I do want to make sure we hit that point that people think they have good intentions but if we don't do things biblically then they don't matter because we're not doing it the way that God called us to do these things so yeah that day was one of those days that he says it was tense just just like you described it it was it was a very very tense day And I think people out of fear raised their hands, again, because of this ideology. And this had been mentioned at uh, leadership meetings, touch not the Lord's anointed. You know, it's, it's also used in a way to say, like, don't question my methods. Just go with it. Go with it and God will honor your obedience to even their disobedience. So if that is the case with you, if you're at a church like this, Uh, or similar to this then we urge you pray you know pray about it and if you see like blatant red flags then do not be afraid to leave because it doesn't mean that you're going to be lost forever because this is one of the things that was kind of a common belief at churches like this that if you leave you will lose the plan that God has for you forever like that person you were supposed to marry now you're going to marry someone who's not the one <laughs> which this is this is nonsense okay there isn't such thing as the one um but fairy tales and all that tells us that there is so you can you can believe fairy tales or you can believe the word of god so um that's why a lot of people stay for so long and i think and i think perhaps uh, at my old church maybe that's why i stayed for a while because of the fear of not wanting to lose my, lose my salvation, which I thought could be lost. Uh, fear of losing my way, fear of not finding another church. And yet here we are, um, how many years in between? It was like, what? Three years, almost two or three years that we were without a, a church.
1: Um, and- no, two years, it was two years. Cause I remember, um, for one whole entire year. We were going to Grace, and then mm-hmm. for the next year we were kind of attending in and out with Grace and Anchor, mm-hmm. and then I think when it, when wasn't that we started to establish our or you you, you I have not yet signed <laughs> my membership, but um it's in the process it's in the process. A year ago, was it? This is yeah. during COVID as well as 2020, 2021 So yeah, almost. Well, during a
0: year. during COVID we were going to Grace. We are going to Grace and, and it wasn't it cool that nobody had masks on?
1: Yeah. It, it was like we were in a, in a little
0: piece of reality.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's so like you walk into this whole entire different realm.
0: Yep. Yep. We would walk into the worship center or just being in the campus, um, I would say 90% of people didn't have masks and the one who did, it was fine. But the moment we would leave the church and go to the store to Ugh. eat or whatever, everyone had masks. And... It's a preference thing all right like don't I, we don't like masks um, I mean I got sick I almost died I had an epiphany and here we are today <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is the way to start the podcast <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> so anyways guys uh, yeah just if this is you we just encourage you to pray um, reach out with your stories we would love to we would love to hear from you and More than anything, pray that you would be at a true church. Pray that God would lead you to a biblical, solid, solid biblical preaching with the body of Christ that is true, that desires to honor God. Um, And if you've never been to a church, we encourage you to look up a biblical church. If you're in the Redlands area, we recommend you our church, the Anchor Bible Church. And if you want to visit one day, definitely feel free to reach out and uh, we would be more than happy to uh, sit with you or find a seat for you if you're bringing your family Uh, we'll be happy to serve you but uh, don't stay at a place where the message is all about you it's about your own uh, personal uh, mental health wellness but that it would be about God and what God has done and what God is continuing to do uh, to you and through you And be at a place that truly glorifies him and worships him only not man but him and that they would hold Scripture to a very high view because anything else it's temporary guys it's temporary joy it's a temporary happiness so we just urge you to seek for that and for those of you my friends who do not know the Lord we encourage you and we urge you to repent turn from your sins Repentance means a changing of the mind, which is something that God does. So we urge you to repent, we urge you to get on your knees, ask God to forgive you of your sins, recognize that you're a sinner, and turn away from it. Find a biblical church, get connected to people. Uh, There is plenty of help in a biblical church in dealing with your sins and dealing with life. And uh, don't do life alone. Uh, because a lot of the times it takes you into a very dark place and and then it takes you to use other substances to have those reliefs for life and you don't have to go through that so my friends we urge you as always turn to the lord uh, seek god while he can be found Um, and we know that there is only one name under which man can be saved and that's through jesus the perfect sacrifice Amen. He bore our sins so that you could be reconciled to God the Father and today there is hope in him and salvation is a free gift to all those who would turn to God and believe in the gospel so my friends, we love you we thank you and uh, I don't know if you want to add anything Brian or we're pretty much
1: yeah actually just a side note just um I wanted to mention this earlier but
0: oh yeah Brian is doing oil changes <laughs> no <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. But seriously, on side so note, um, what's something that I'm very grateful for, for our pastor is that he he even encourages the church if he's in the wrong somewhere to kind of bring that into light. And there's he, he does mention like some people do come come to him and tell him you said this and the, you said that, and he kind of corrects them and but they're both like he he's he's understanding them where they're coming from and he 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 um choose on it and then he he kind of gives a feedback and then they just they, they dis- distribute not distribute they uh, dispute that small argument or um issue and just in a godly way in a godly manner and everything back to normal he's not trying to like i'm not even sure how pastor does it but he i'm pretty sure he's not trying to put his beliefs on one idea or he's just going based on what scripture says so that's something that I love about our pastor in our church. He yeah, exactly. Correction.
0: He's he's approachable and you can ask him, hey, what do you mean by this? Or I I, I don't really think this is it. And then he'll show you through scripture if it is the case. Um, and I'm sure if he's been wrong, then also he's also admitted like um, nobody has everything right. And sometimes I've been corrected, but that's okay because we, we all need to be held accountable for what we say and do so definitely a good point and uh, you should have the same you should have the same uh, ability to go to your pastor and say hey i don't think you're right on this but uh, let's look at it through the bible so guys thank you so much we hope this was a blessing to you and um, if you have any questions comments concerns please uh, feel free to dm us on instagram or Leave a voicemail directly on our Anchor page. It's funny, huh? We use Anchor and we go to the anchor Yeah, (laughs) that's just God's providence. Oh, my God. God's plan. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Cue the applauses. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. You have a great day. God bless you. We will see you on the next one. Over and out.